Welcome to the Foundational Healing Deliverance Prayer Ministry Podcast, where you will learn strategic spiritual warfare and aggressive prayer. If you have questions or comments, call us at 484-218-1683 or email us at fhdprayerministry at gmail.com. Let's get started with the show. God bless you. God bless you, people of God. Welcome to Fire Healing Deliverance Prayer Ministry, where we believe that deliverance is God's number one ministry. And that ministry is to set the captives free. I want to say God bless you to our evangelist, uh, Ubodi. Thank you so much um, for tuning in uh, on tonight. Before we get started, I just want all our prayer warriors, if you can, um, to lift up our brother. His name is, I call him Mighty. Um, He's a mighty man of God, and he's currently ministering amongst the martyrs. And Satan has done all he can to stop this man from preaching, whether it's knives, guns, destruction. Satan has tried it. Satan has attempted uh, to take his life. But outside of the current, um, his present suffering, he told me, if it's death, it's death. But I tell him tonight that no harm shall come nigh his dwelling. Let me say that again. I tell him tonight that no harm shall shall come nigh his dwelling place, that no harm shall come upon his family. From this moment, moving forward, we ask that the angels of heaven, warrior angels, subdue every principality, subdue every witch, 
that is prohibiting the gospel from spreading in that part of the world. I won't say what part of the world, but he's now on an assignment in that part of the world. And he's again ministering amongst the martyrs. And I want to ask all intercessors for the next four days to keep this man under him, his ministry, his family, under constant intercession. You know, I didn't understand why the Lord had had me in the season, in this season anyway, uh, with a tremendous amount of fasting. And now I know that is for this dear brother. And I'm going to continue to do what the Lord says con concerning no food, that this man can roll off many miracles, signs and wonders by way of setting the captives free in that part of the world. So I'm submitted to the cause, but now I know why the Lord has been telling me or pushing me uh, to leave the food alone for days and for weeks. So Father, we thank you, we bless you, and we honor you. Any witchcraft spirit, any witch under the sound of my voice, you are subdued by this anointing in the name of Jesus. So tonight, uh, we have a great woman of God on the line. Her name is Apostle Judah. Um, she's a big girl, so she's going to, in a moment time, move forth in what the Lord has given her. But her name is Apostle Judah Long from Apostolic um, Colgate Church. She's a prophetic voice um, for our time. She's business witty. She's business savvy. Um, she just has all the kingdom qualities, kingdom principles, um, and she's been working them. So without further ado, um, Apostle Judah, you got it from here. Okay, praise the Lord. God bless everybody out there, all the congregants. I pray everyone is having a beautiful, blessed day. If you woke up this morning, that's the first sign. Um, I just want to first start off with prayer, um, then I want to give a special thanks uh, to a few people in the area, so let's go ahead and pray. Uh, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our precious Lord and Savior, thank you, Lord God, for breath in our body. Thank you, God, for a good attitude. Thank you, God, for putting us on the right path, for putting the light in our path, for directing us, Lord God, into your precious promise. We thank you, Lord God, for deliverance today. We thank you for humbleness. We thank you, Lord God, for touching each and every elder, every uh, clergy, Father, in your ministry, every congregant, young and old. Father, we just ask you right now, God, that you will touch households tonight. We ask you that you will move uh, by your spirit like never before, God. We ask you that you would flip the script on our enemies and give us a nice, safe place to dwell tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for double healing. We ask you right now, God, that you will bless the man of God that has made the, the avenue, the obedience to have this uh, avenue of broadcast. I ask that you increase him more and more. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you for all things. We pray that this uh, evening will be pleasing unto you, Father, for the benefit of your kingdom. And we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, tonight... Um, <clears throat> Uh, Brother uh, Bishop Paul McGill, he has introduced me to the ministry, and immediately uh, it came to my spirit to speak about love, about love conquers all. Um, so I will be speaking on that tonight. While you're getting your Bibles ready, um, I would like to give a special thanks uh, to a few people, but... Uh, in turning, you want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8. And while you're looking for that, I want to give a special, uh, I guess they call it a holler <laughs> nowadays. 
want to give a special holler to uh, Brother Otis Spears out in um, Denver, Colorado. Um, also, Apostle Kinlaw and uh, Prophetess Angie Ellis here in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I myself, I'm dwelling in Plano, Texas, right outside of the Dallas area. <clears throat> want to give a special thanks to, um, once again, Bishop McGill for allowing me to have this uh, this time with you all tonight. So if you have the word, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8 through 9. We're going to start there. Okay, and it reads, Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. I'm going to read that one more time. Love never fails. Never. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. We know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. So <clears throat> from that small scripture there, that's a lot <clears throat> to discuss. <clears throat> it teaches us that love never fails. In some Bibles it says that love conquers all things. Um, and if you jump down to Verse 10, it says that with that which is perfect has come. When that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. It sounds a little bit self-explanatory to those that are mature in God uh, because it's basically saying that which is perfect as to absolute or fulfilled, then that which is in part will be done away. So now verse 11 says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then... I shall know just as I am also known. And now about in faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. <clears throat> so verse 8 tells us that, uh, it tells us that love is everlasting. Because that which does not fail lasts forever. If it doesn't fail, that means it remains. And it said that love never fails. So love is everlasting. <clears throat> it takes time to comprehend the truth about love. And as you go to uh, verse 11, I will prove it to you. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So it tells us also in verse 
uh, 12, that it sometimes takes looking at oneself to be able to become more knowledgeable as a whole about something. So going back to verse 11, it says it takes, it says that it talks about being a child and understanding like a child, thinking like a child, etc., etc. And then it talks about coming out of that childhood and recognizing by looking in the mirror. When you look in the mirror, you see yourself. It says, for now, in verse 12, for now we see in the mirror dimly, for now. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then at the place of maturity or further down the line, if you will, face to face. So you get to see clearly. Sometimes in life, we don't really know who we are. And I believe that this scripture is so deep that it probably can be uh, revealed to us of several different ways, 12 different ways. There's so much in this, this passage right here. Um, it is the mystery of God, but it's also self-explanatory. It depends on where you are with your level of maturity uh, and your comprehension of the word of God. Uh, and also, it depends on how God touches you, uh, because God can touch you, and you may not know why you have the knowledge that you have, but you know God did something. It has nothing to do with what you can take credit for for yourself. It's just the Lord's doing. It's his hand on your life. But going back to the scripture, um, it's talking about love not failing. It lasts forever. It talks about how it takes time to comprehend love. It talks about looking at oneself in part and then in full. So how does that add up to the original scripture, love never fails? What, is, what exactly is the Apostle Paul speaking about? What is he speaking about? I'm going to tell you. See, Everything that we need in life, the first prerequisite is love. Because love is God. It's in the Word. Love is God and God is love. And even I can prove it to you. Because when Jesus came down, remember he had mentioned to the disciples, um, Back in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 12, he spoke to them and he told them what instructions that they were to follow. He told them also, he said, love God with everything and love your neighbor like yourself. So why did he narrow down those Ten Commandments to the two? Hopefully you can follow me. Just I'm gonna come to. I'm not. I'm not a traditional uh, speaker, but just follow me. I'm gonna go slow and I'm gonna revisit some things so that you can take these pieces of the puzzle and put it together. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will ignite something in you and that you will be blessed. But these things He left behind to tell us to love God with everything and love our neighbors as ourselves. Okay, so now we have even in Revelation, in Revelation chapter 2, when God spoke and he said, well, I got this against you. He said, well, you got it all together. However, right here, uh, Revelation chapter 2, Verse 4, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. 
So everything that this particular church had going on was all right with God for the most part. But he made a point to share with them that you forgot your first love. So here we go, going back to the beginning. Love never fails. And also, God is love. And also, knowing in part. And then also, eventually, seeing oneself. So basically, it's a full circle. You have to have love, which starts with God. You know part of yourself, and then he will reveal your whole self eventually by his love. So we know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, or Yeshua, some say, okay, according to Hebrew. Um, he, he gave his only begotten son because he so loved the world. So hopefully we recognize that Love is very serious. Love is very deep. And love is everlasting. And we always need love. We cannot live without love. And a lot of times we think that we can survive without love. But when we're going through these trials and tribulations, the love of God is what we need to get us to where we're trying to get to. Uh, and let me rephrase that. He gives us the place where we're trying, where he's trying to get us to. <laughs> so if it's the divine will and purpose of God, God will divinely get you to where you're supposed to be by his love. We have to embrace that statement that love never fails. You can use it as a piece of equipment. Um, because you have to have love with you wherever you go. Love is also life. So, you know, we can't, you know, uh, carry on like church people and expect for a move of God when the person next to us uh, can't feel the love of God from us. Um. We can't expect the move of God when we don't have love for our leaders. We can't expect the move of God when we don't have enough love for God that we're not in position to receive a blessing from God. We must have love. Love is the first prerequisite to life and living. And uh, we just can't survive without it. Uh, Bishop uh, McGill, are you there? I am. Okay, I, I just need a little. <laughs> I just would like to have you to uh, to speak speak back to me and let me comment on some of the things that I spoke. Just to have a back and forth dialogue. Amen. Um, love. Is it's a um, it's one of the greatest. Um, it's it's a great force, and then that force supersedes, you know, our reality. It is at the presence of Jesus that our issues they bow. It's in His presence where our heart melts. You know, when there is true love present it forces us it puts us in a place to check ourselves out you know check our motives check our attitudes anything that is 
moving in our system under the presence of true love is going to manifest and it's going to force us to check, you know, the me, the me out. It is in the presence of Jesus where our hearts melt, you know, and the first thing that everyone can testify to that has been washed by his blood, you know, we all testify that we didn't deserve it. And if you think about it, we had really nothing to do with what Adam and Eve did. But God felt as though we did. So he judged us all from the beginning, just from one man and one woman sent into the world, sent into our lives. And it is by that love that we can testify and say, look, we don't deserve it. Then we can look at all what Jesus has done because there has been times in our life where we didn't even know that the Lord was present. We have put ourselves in places in some of the most dangerous places. And you know, people that are close to us, they're dead and gone. They did some of the things, the same things that we've done. They're gone. But we're still here. We're still thriving. You know, but because we're saved, because we have come to know that love, we can now look back in the past and identify with every place that Jesus has been when we didn't even have him consciously on our mind and say that was love. Exactly. Amen. Amen. We need to acknowledge that more. We need to acknowledge that it was love. We need to acknowledge that everything that God does good for us, which everything he does is good, is love, even if it don't feel good. According to Romans 8.28, it states that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So all things are good from God. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think that's underestimating God. I think we should just say everything is supreme. <laughs> you know, everything is excellent. <laughs> but, you know, I think that we really need to acknowledge that everything that God does for us, he does it out of love. And he wants more relationship. You know, he wants more uh, unification within his people. You know, we're claiming uh, Christianity and we're claiming to have love, but we're not exemplifying the love and we're so divided uh, as the body of Christ. There's people that are uh, sheep that have been scattered and gone astray and don't want to come to church and don't want to even admit that they're Christian and, and, and uh, fallen into uh, so many different avenues of sin uh, or even falling asleep. And this is one of the reasons why I truly believe that God has placed this particular title, uh, Love Conquers All, on my, on my heart almost instantly as we were discussing uh, the title of the show or what I would speak about. Um, because this just is a pee to God and it's a pee to, to all of us that are leaders uh, because we, we want to get the point across that in order for us to overcome, we must have love. Love is the first prerequisite. Also, our obedience, you know, following right after that, you know, we have to have it. We, you know, without love, we have nothing. Um, I'm, I'm reminded also of that, uh, speaking of having nothing, that beautiful, famous scripture uh, where it talks about when you don't have love, it's like a clinging symbol to God. It's, it's, it's also, I believe, in the book of First Corinthians chapter 13. You know, if we don't have love, 
we're going to sound just like the world. We must have a symphony. There must be an orchestra. There must be a sweet sound to God. There must be a dunamis power. There must be a rising remnant. There must be a forward movement. There must be an upward rising. There must be a turnaround. There must be a takeover. There must be an undertaking. There must be a, a, a restitution, restoration, healing, miracle, job. <laughs> I mean, I, we can go on and on, uh, uh, Bishop McGill. In order for God to do exactly what he wants to do, I truly believe that we have to have love in our hearts. We have to have love for him first and love for each other second. And we must pursue love, which brings me back to this. Um, I wanted to break something down here. Um, I was uh, studying this, and I had noticed that in Chapter 14 um, of that same uh, book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14, it starts off with, uh, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So just that one little tiny bit there, pursue love. So I said, well, hey, let me look up the definition of pursue. So it means follow someone or something in order to catch or attack them. <laughs> Uh, brother, do you love me? <laughs> when I'm falling astray, do you love me enough to pursue, follow after me in order to catch or attack me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In order to shift me back to the place mm -hmm. that I ought to be. And even if I'm in a, a good place, I would be even in a better place because of your pursuit of love, you know, fellowship as brother and sister. Anybody. It could apply to a child, a pet, whatever. It could extend any different, any direction God wants it to extend to. But are we pursuing love? So, you know, I know from experience when love is not pursued, you know, I'm, I'm a married woman, so... When love is not pursued, uh, it, there is no flow. There is no flow when their love is not being pursued. So we must pursue love in order to have a flow. And, you know, somehow or another, I'm reminded of, uh, of all scriptures, uh, the Samaritan, uh, that was uh, the, the, the Good Samaritan in the Bible that stopped and helped the, uh, the man that was injured on the side of the road. You remember that scripture, Bishop? Um, can, I'm can aware of it. Yep, I'm aware of it. I just don't know exactly. It's in uh, Luke. Luke. Chapter 10, uh-huh. 25. Verse Luke. Luke ten twenty five. Let's see. Um, I'm still looking. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I gotta take these glasses. Y'all forgive, forgive me. <laughs> I'm actually waiting okay. for the Bible to um, open up on the computer. I don't know why it's um, it's not opening up. It's crazy. But um, okay, but I'm I'm gonna read it. It's chapter ten of a book of Luke for everybody out there. Also, um, uh, the book of Luke, chapter ten. Um, and Bishop is over starting somewhere around verse uh, verse twenty five. Okay. Then they uh, it says the good Samaritan. Thirty. 30. 
Round verse 30. Okay. Yep. Um, 1030. I'm reading. I'm reading. And Jesus answered, answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Is that it? Yes. And fell among thieves, which stripped him of his remnant, raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Verse 31. And by chance there mm-hmm. came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, I-N-N, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, and he showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. Verse 38. Now we, oh, no, that's that, okay. right there. And that, that, that was perfect. Uh, praise the Lord. I was just, I was, I know I saw the scripture so many times, but I laughed as you was reading. I laughed because I'm like really boggled in my mind. I'm like, really? Okay. So first, this man was, uh, he was among thieves. <laughs> okay, so somebody robbed him. He was stripped of his clothes. Okay? He was also wounded. Mm-hmm. And they left him half dead. Half dead. And you know what? I'm not telling you, God, I'm not saying that the Lord's telling me this, but I'm wondering if that half dead meant spiritually he was still alive. But naturally, he was he was bruised pretty bad. Just a, just a, a little side thought I had there, but it says, "Now by chance, now by chance." I want to interpret that in um, uh, new language. Now by opportunity, a certain priest came down that road. A priest. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Okay, so I'm laying out there in the street. <laughs> uh, Bishop, I'm laying in the street. Mm-hmm. I just got robbed of my money, mm-hmm. <laughs> stripped of my clothes, mm-hmm. beat and wounded, and left half dead. But a priest that was at, uh, uh, well, we're just going to name any church, Amen Church, because <laughs> everybody like to say Amen, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. The priest from Amen Church came down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So the, 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 the priest from Amen Church, instead of coming nearby me, knowing I was towed up, it's a figure of speech for her. He was on the other side, so he kept his distance. He didn't want to get involved. So now, likewise, a Levite, which is also from the priesthood, okay, when he arrived at the place, he came and he looked. So this one says, see, it just says, it, it, the way that it's worded, like, this one got a closer-up look. <laughs> and he passed by on mm-hmm. the other side. 
So the way the way it's described in the Bible is like this one in particular. He didn't just pass by like the priest. This one in particular, he actually approached the man, saw him, and then went in another direction. That's the way it's worded. So now, uh, and the audacity of some that is even doing that nowadays, but we'll get to that. Um, but a certain Samaritan, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. I want to stop right there, Bishop. And the reason for that is because it says that the Samaritan, as he journeyed, what was the significance of Jesus putting that in the Bible? Why was it important for us to know the difference between these two and this one in the description of words? It basically is saying, it, correct me if I'm wrong, it said that this Samaritan, first of all, Samaritan was the odd person to stop and help, okay? It was the one that you would probably least expect to assist. And it says, as he journeyed, okay, well, I know if I'm going to take a trip down to uh, Philadelphia, <laughs> um, I'm probably going to keep focused and not stop anywhere. Unless I need to go to the bathroom. Unless it's about me. You hear me, Bishop? Amen. Okay. But this man here stopped on his journey. It was not about him. He came where the man was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So just by the looks of the damages, it touched this man's heart. And we know that was God. Mm -hmm. And God probably allowed this parable. Um, I, I, I hope to God it was a real story. I'm going to tell you the truth. I hope to God it was a real story. And the Bible tells us that there's nothing new under the sun. So it had to have happened a time before Jesus used this as an example. He was basically preaching as he was delivering this parable. But the point of it all is this. When we see our brothers and our sisters and people who we don't even know, because the priest and the Levites probably represent the person that was down. And the Samaritan came, and that was the person you would least expect to stop. But God can use anybody at any given time. But God wants us to know that when we see someone hurt, we're supposed to have compassion upon the people. But what has happened is that uh, we have gotten so consumed with ourselves that if we're on a journey, we don't really care about what somebody else is doing uh, because the ways this world has convinced us that we need to just mind our own business. But then again, that can be a little hypocritical when you're dealing with church uh, people, uh, the congregants that uh, speak uh, that they love God with everything. Um, because uh, that is not always the case when there's gossip in the church, is it? No. You, you know, gossip, those are elemental um, spirits. You know, even the devil himself, his kingdom, they feel the love of Jesus. They know that Jesus is returning. This they know. These things they know. We look like we lost our sister. Um, so prayerfully, she'll call back. Um, she'll call back, but we just lost her. Those things happen. 
you know, so we know that we're in the vein of the Holy Spirit, you know, so um, where she was at. So demons, they feel the love of Jesus. They know that Jesus is returning to the earth. This they know. Uh, they know that the Lord keeps his word. They know that love. They are unable to receive that love, so they resist that love. They run. They hide. Until the presence of the Lord is no longer felt amongst them. You know, so the enemy conquers by division. He conquers by division. He divides. I don't want to even go into the um, Tower of Babel, but the enemy, he conquers by division. You know, so he can pin the left side of the church against the right side of the church. You know, that and that particular ministry can be thriving. But if that spirit isn't discerned through the love of God, if you come back to that church a year a year later, that ministry is scattered. The people are scattered. You know, so it is one of Satan's tools is to conquer through division. And that's why deliverance is um, Jesus' number one ministry. It's he, the Holy Spirit, look, the Holy Spirit told me. He told me that deliverance is top notch. Why? Because it removes problems. It removes it. It's a spirit. It removes it. The Lord himself delivered me. There was no one. I was so demon possessed. There was no one in Philadelphia. I guess that or I mean, I can't say that they didn't. The anointing here wasn't the anointing wasn't present, you know, but I didn't stumble upon it. But Jesus himself had to come and deliver me. And he delivered me from thousands and thousands of spirits. All right. But up until that time, my heart was ice cold. It was ice cold. So what am I saying? The division between me and God was within me. But it, when Jesus manifested his glory, when Jesus manifested his love, he drove out what was blocking me and him from meeting once me and Jesus met and I surrendered to that love I have now taken on the glory of God to express his love in the earth and heal all whom is wounded and we do that by his divine grace you know, so it's one thing to talk. We talk the word. We talk the scriptures. All that is good. But there's some issues that are hindering us from getting closer to God. The Lord is going to keep ministering. This is what he does. He has to move you from a Monday to a Tuesday from a Wednesday to a Thursday, knowing that you don't seen multiple reality TV shows, you may have read multiple newspapers, you may have been talking to multiple friends. Uh, Apostle? Yes, I'm here. Amen. Sorry about I was carrying on. So, uh, let, let, let me find my way and I'm going to put it back in your hands. Okay. Amen. So people, uh, listeners, we have our Apostle Judah. She's back. But I was telling them, Apostle, that's one thing that the enemy does. He, he likes to disconnect us. 
and we see him tonight disconnecting you um, from the line. <laughs> so we know that we're moving in a prophetic vein. So I was telling, yeah. the, telling the people that Satan conquers and divide. And churches, mm-hmm. and Satan, he pins the left side of the church to the right side of the church. And within a year, if through the if that spirit of division isn't discerned uh, by way of the Holy Spirit through that leader, then within a year, the enemy has the ability to scatter that whole ministry. You know? Exactly. So the division has to be removed from within. It's always a kingdom overthrowing another kingdom. That's what it is, mm-hmm. you know? We are in the midst of a war zone. We're in a war zone. All the Holy Spirit needs to do is open our eyes. There's bloodshed everywhere, you know? But those things are hidden from us unless he wants us to see them. So the division exactly. has to be moved from within. Lastly, before I put it back into your hands, I was telling uh, the people of God that I was delivered from thousands and thousands of spirits, you know, and my heart was ice cold, you know, and it wasn't until mm-hmm. Jesus himself delivered me that my heart softened and then I was able to love and express that love how he loved. So it's kind of hard to interact with somebody who has never been shown love or given love because they have taken on that spirit that groomed them, if you understand what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. I do. That's the other side of the message. Amen. You got it. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. I love that. Amen. Because that that, that, that is going back to what we know in part. I got a part, you got a part too. Amen. And and when we when we come together, oh my gosh, can you already feel the love on this line? And when you feel the love, you know God is in the midst. God is in the midst. God desires to raise his kingdom up to higher heights. But we gotta revisit the word. It's good to have spiritual gifts, but we have to have the word. You know, according to uh, a chapter, uh, John 1, it says that God is the word, the word is God. So every time we read this word, we we putting God into our, in our bodies. Um, and that's what Ezekiel did, too. He ate the scrolls. You got to go in to read the word. It's in the beginning. Um, you got to read. We got to read. We got to sharpen each other in the word of God. It's time now for a revival. It's time for a mighty move of God. But we got to have love. And love is God. And we got to pursue love. We got to pursue love. And we got to pursue God. Because God is love. I really feel that it's the Lord's doing that to speak about this particular topic. And, uh,. I feel adrenaline pumping within me, or more so spiritually. Um, I'm really, really ready to uh, uh, captivate uh, uh, some, some, I don't know why I said captivate. <laughs> Sometimes God gives me words and I'd be like, Lord, why you give me that word? But it makes sense in the long run. <laughs> But um, I really uh, desire to um, do my part um, and help uh, bring back uh, the people of God to the places where we ought to be. Um, And so... um, the word captivate, as I looked it up, it means to attract and hold the interest and attention of. That's what it means. And so, um, um, you know, as God was giving me that word, the interpretation that comes with it is uh, I desire to captivate uh, the people that are out there that need this message, uh, draw the people 
uh, to this message because the message uh, is love. I really, truly feel that we need to revisit that as a home base. It will keep us safe and we can revisit love. And that, that key will open up the doors for everything else. I think as the body of Christ, we got a little scatterbrained or a little scattered period and, you know, just kind of getting into the, the, got a little lost, you know, trying to follow after our own uh, selfish desires, our own uh, selfish ambitions, our own homes, our own things, you know, just not really wanting to deal with the drama. And that's all understandable because there's much going on in the world. Um, but we must endure to the end. We can't avoid it. Uh, we have to deal with these issues dead on. So um, anyway, uh, as I was saying before I hung up, I thought I was still talking to you. I just want to thank you guys for giving me uh, a good listening ear. And um, I want to thank uh, Bishop McGill. And I want to thank uh, God Almighty for the opportunity to be able to speak and to be able to exercise my gifts and abilities. Uh, so that I can do my part, quote-unquote, uh, in the body of Christ. God bless you all. Good night. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Apostle. So she had to run. She had to run. Um, so we just want to give God the honor and the praise. Uh, we thank you guys for listening in. Um, there's more that could be said. Maybe there will be a part, um, a part two on the love of God. So, you know, um, just stay in, stay in his face. And it's, it's there where he reveals himself. He reveals us. He deals with us. He deals with those things that cause division uh, between him and I, which will be you and him. You know, I have learned over time you know, I've learned over time not to, um, I don't listen to my emotions. I listen to the, the spirit of God and I don't take anything for granted, you know. So I don't allow my emotions to dictate that all is well, you know, all is never well. I, I try to allow the Holy Spirit to dictate that, you know, and those things can only be revealed by chasing after the love of God. And again, um, for our intercessors, can you please um, keep up this, keep the name of our brother Mighty. I call him Brother Mighty. He is ministering right now in this, in this closed part of the world. I'm not going to mention it here, uh, but he ministers amongst more more tires and physically he has the wounds to prove it but outside of having those proven wounds in his right hand he still bears the word and he has declared his death do we part and that he will continue to minister and minister but I decree by the grace of God knowing that heaven hear me and I have decreed that no harm shall come nigh thee. That he will not die in the midst of martyrdom. But he is ministering in the midst of the martyrs. But he can tell a story as a martyr would. But he will be here to tell it and not no one else telling his story. You guys been amazing. God bless you. If you need deliverance, that number is 
What'd you say? It's published. It's published. Yeah, sometimes like it's really captivating. You know, sometimes people need that song. It's like people worship. So there's going to be a part two. I'm going to go for another two hours. I will settle for it. The Holy Spirit was moving. So you know why? Do you know why she ended? No, you gotta chill. You know why she ended so absorbly? Because the Holy Spirit was moving in the dimension of some of the issues that is in her home. And she didn't know whether to expose herself or talk about some of the things that she was experiencing. She didn't know if that was the right time for her. But she was kind of being forced. Thank you. 